You are listening to Geek Fest Rants on the IC Robots Radio Network. You have located Geek Fest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. I'm not coming back. making a mistake maybe but I have to sort this out on my own without the council and without you Where are you from? I used to live in the upper levels of Coruscant. You're probably better off down here. With the Jedi running around, starting wars. I've watched so many of my brothers fall during this war. Fives. Echo. Heavy. Master Yoda, your thoughts on how to win the war? No longer certain that one ever does win a war. I am. You'll never see any Jedi around here. It's not safe down here. Things could have gotten messy for you. That's why I've got my ship. What squad are you taking in? Experimental Unit Clone Force 99. The cavalry has arrived! Glad to have you back, Commander. The good is new. Maybe a little better. Hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? everybody and welcome once again to Geek Fest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone and today we are going to be continuing with last week's episode of Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019. 
Last week, we began with the coverage of the Episode 9 trailer, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And we went basically frame by frame with that trailer to examine all the little hidden meanings here or there and the surprises. And then, boy, was there a surprise at the end of that trailer. And this week, Steve once again is joining me and we are continuing with the rest of the celebration highlights, which will include a look at the Clone Wars series, the continuation of the Clone Wars series, the brand new Mandalorian series, new video games, new toys, and any little extra things we could think of, you know, that kind of highlighted this particular convention. So, without any further delay, let's continue with Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019. Television is not the truth. Television is an amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. All right, we have Steve with us again. Say hi, Steve. Hello, we're picking up where we left off. Where we left off last week, a whole week ago, but in reality, don't tell anybody, it's only been about 30 seconds. We are moving through Celebration Chicago. We just finished talking about the Episode 9 trailer, which we had so many theories and so many opinions and possibilities of where things could go. But there was apparently a lot more other stuff that happened during Celebration. Celebration is a four-day event. Five-day event, actually, five days. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of spread out all the different panels. And a lot of them, you know, depending on what you're looking at, you have different trailers, different uh, presentations. Let's move on to the Clone Wars, because we know we have this Disney streaming service coming up in November. And once they launch, not only are they getting just about every Star Wars property out there, they're getting Marvel property, they're getting a whole bunch of stuff. But if we stick to Star Wars, one of the exclusive things that are brand new is the sixth season of Clone Wars, which was announced at a previous convention a while back. I think it might have been the last San Diego Comic-Con or something like that, or one of these past Comic-Cons. And it's a little confusing because people are saying, well, wait a minute, this should be the seventh season. But I think not, because I think what they're saying is after the fifth season, the fifth official season, which ended everything, they then released what they called the Lost Tales, I think it was. And that is kind of like the sixth season, but it was a condensed, shorter version. So now what they're calling what they're about to release now, which is again, also a somewhat shorter version, you know, condensed, is the sixth season. But in reality, you could think of it as a seventh season. And it's 12 episodes, which are, I believe, broken down into four episode arc. So you got a four episode arc here, another one and another one. Let's see if I can remember the different topics. Ahsoka leaving the the Jedi Order and kind of going to Coruscant to, to some like underworld type of stuff going on, mysterious things, right? Is that is that yeah, one of yeah, them? That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's my favorite part of it. Then we have more Clone War, and more like a, we're talking about troops here, something called the Bad Batch, where we're sort of talked about once before, but now they're bringing them full tilt into the front, and you get to experience this this like special commando and their techniques and how they're different and how they interact with the other clones. So that's another four-episode arc. And then the final four-episode arc, I believe, is the Mandalore arc they're wrapping up in some shape or form what happens to the to the whole mandalore thing again ahsoka is involved in this one too so you have three very distinct parts uh, of this that i mean it looks it looks really great it looks just like it 
they they stopped like a week ago and they continue the the quality from what I've seen and then the thing that again because they always have to hit you with something you weren't expecting at the end of that little teaser trailer that they give you with these three pieces you get this section where you start to hear Darth Maul's voice and all of a sudden he's involved in a in a fight with Ahsoka those two are going at it it's like oh my god how is this happening I mean we all know what happens to Darth Maul later on but there's apparently a confrontation that takes place between him and her as the Clone Wars wrap up which I was not yeah. expecting that at all. Yeah, and, and what I find funny is how, like, how many times like Darth Maul going to be revealed and, and still to, to, to a shocked audience because like, yeah, that was like a third time he's had a big reveal in movies. That's now, you know, like, oh, my own mess is Darth Maul. But, but, you know, this is a really good, a really good trailer. I really, I really like this one. And the fact that like, and I also found it sort of surprising that the shift of the focus is, it seems to be moving from Anakin now to now just, He's now like the Ahsoka show now. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because even there's even a shot where she she's introduced to a, like a squadron of clones, and they're all wearing the helmet of with her colors, which is the yeah. poster was that teaser poster they released, and they, they all have like her pattern on the. I wonder if there's an Order sixty six coming up where we'll see if she. Well, obviously she should have been gone by Order sixty six, so she should be in yeah. Coruscant already to, or hiding or somewhere. She has to go into hiding, but I don't think she will be in the middle of a battlefield when Order Six, because she seems to be coming back. You know, she goes away, according to the trailer, and then she's involved again in the military. And then maybe she does come back and then Order 66 hits. Who knows? The, the thing is, I think, that, I think, weren't they going to go for the fact that when Order 66 hits, some of the clones, like, they, they foresee it or they, or they like, know about it, so they remove their chips. So I think, like... I, I, this is my theory again speculate irresponsibly here but I think that Order 66 will still happen she'll still be there but her clones her little clones are going to be able to like sort of resist the or the Order 66 directly does I this guess. come from the Ahsoka book which I have that I haven't read <laughs> it, it doesn't come from the Ahsoka book but it comes from the fact that in Star Wars Rebels the series that follows Clone Wars yeah, they yeah. talk about it and okay. they talk about Rex and the team from Bad Batch saying that they oh, were able to yeah, that they were able yeah. to remove the chip so I, I'm Thinking that the ones that are living in like the desert without any yeah, shirts yeah. on, in, in that big, in that big wall, in that like, yeah, like a, that it's like a, it's like a, it's like a pool, like a pool with legs. They're just <laughs> hanging out, sunning themselves on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a possible. But here's the other thing: the the way that they're introducing the stories, if they're telling them in this order, is the uh, she goes to Coruscant, adventures in Coruscant. She's back in the. In the, in the battlefield, adventures in the battlefield. And then the last one is the Mandalore one. So timing-wise, there's a possibility that Order 66 will happen at the end of the Mandalore arc. So we might see that final transition of the end, the formal end of the Clone Wars yeah. into hiding. Yeah, you're right, you're right, yep. So that's a po- I, I'd love to see that. I, I, like to, I would love to see the final connection of the end of the Clone Wars because... To end the Clone Wars without the Clone Wars ending is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you think that show, and, and that's why I'm so, I'm so surprised they, they just ended it because you think that you know the Clone Wars this it would have it would, it would encompass you know the entire the right. entire you know length of the war. If you so, remember but, the uh, the other animated series before Clone Wars oh, that was oh, called oh, Tarvasi, Tar- that that one which actually led to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, the, yeah, it, the, it, led to, like, it, it goes right the there. Episode. 
Yeah, the last episode was, I think, the, the beginning of the, of yeah. the battle, right? It yeah. goes back to back. Yeah, so I, I wish they would do that with this. We'll see. It's Again, come November, they're going to, I think they're dropping the entire season in one shot. I don't know if they're this. I hope not. I really don't. I, I, I don't know I'm if they're going that. an episode at a time, or I don't know how they're going to do it. What I did hear is that uh, the channel is going to be, I think, six ninety nine a month, at least when it starts. I'm sure they're going to hike up the price at some point. But for that kind of money, I'm willing to drop like another DVD from my Netflix account and then uh, just, you know, compensate it with their Disney Plus, uh, whatever that's called. I don't know. Yeah, so, I, I, I think I'll, I'll drop TBS All Access around that time. <laughs> now, the <laughs> so thing... Star, Star Trek will have to wait. <laughs> oh, well, so, again, this is such a difficult time because we have so many shows. Again, it, if, it you're cre- if you're creating... If you are creative, you will find a way. Let's put it that way. Yes, uh, yes. But the thing that blew me away almost as much as the episode nine trailer, believe it or not, even more than Clone Wars, was you know they had the Mandalorian panel and they brought out John Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni and the stars of the uh, of the show, including Carl. We- I completely forgot about Carl Weathers. But just like episode nine, there were other actors that were not there that are part of the cast and I forgot about. Uh, Herzog, the, the German director that's also an actor, he's in this show. Giancarlo, I forget his last name, from Lost and from uh, Better Call Saul and, 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 and Breaking Bad, he's also in this. They did a panel, they did, you know, uh, they answered some questions, blah, 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 and then they showed what's called a sizzle reel, I believe, and then they showed a trailer. But for people at home, they blocked it out. They didn't allow you to see it from home. You know, all of a sudden the screen goes to like a slate and then there's a countdown for like four minutes and they're counting down, counting down. You're like, okay, well, what's going on? What's going on? When can we see it? When can we see it? And you can't see it. They come back from it. People are freaking out. They're screaming, you know, the usual song and dance. And the panel's over. And I'm like, well, what the hell just happened? Where where, where can we see? And and they do this. This is nothing new. Some things they show you and some things they don't show you because they want to make it exclusive for the people that are there. However, here's what's interesting. Normally, I avoid anything that is shot with a phone that is posted online or anything like that because it's usually really bad quality. And I want to see it for the first time in something really good quality, you know, when they officially you know, put it out there. But here's what happened. When they came back from the presentation and John Favreau was like, oh, guy, oh, what did you think? Oh, I forgot to say something. Uh, I forgot to say, do not record this with your phones. Guess what? Every single person there pretty much recorded it with their phones. So in the next 10 minutes, there's like probably 15 different versions of this, of the sizzle reel and then of the trailer that they played. And... They're out there. Some people actually already, like within a half hour, they took different versions of these recordings, intercut them together, color corrected them, did all kinds of sharpening and stabilizing of the images because these are, you know, they're phones. Put together these two clips, these two trailers, the sizzle reel and the trailer. The sizzle reel is basically a behind the scenes with some actual sequences, very short sequences. But the trailer... Oh my God, that trailer, to me, it looked like a film. It, it's a film quality. It is It is a Western. It is more Western to me than Sola was. It was just incredible. The characters we saw, IG-88 or something that looks just like IG-88 is shooting things and spinning around. And again, I normally don't even pay attention to it, but this was so special. 
that I cannot wait. Something tells me they're going to have to release this trailer faster than expected because they screwed up and so many people recorded it. They can't just keep it hidden anymore. Uh, normally, I would imagine they would have waited for San Diego Comic-Con to release it, you know, for real. But I have a feeling they're going to have to let it out of the bag. Now, when is San Diego Comic-Con? Because that would be... That would be, what, in early in early summer? Yeah, San Diego is, uh, I think it's June. New York is October. But by October, all the toys That'll are coming out. That would be too late. That would so, be way too late. Right. And then November, everything comes out in November for the channel. And then the movie comes out a month after that in December. So they got to get this stuff out sooner. And the next big event is uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, you know, that would sound right. Because, yeah, I don't think they would have wanted to put this out officially alongside with the episode nine trailer so they probably yeah that, that makes it they probably would have wanted to wait to san diego yeah but because so much of it already is out there they might yeah, have to no, speed it no, up there's at this no point. there's no I, I the cast out of the bag you know at this point so and it's supposed to take i think they said the, the trailer i think it says it's three years after return of the jedi it's lawlessness it's territories that are completely lawless it's all being held together by you know criminals and the empire is in in there too and and you do get some voiceovers you know of some of these other characters that are talking about how the empire is going to bring everything together and bring law back you know to our world and uh, you know law and order it's like oh god here we go law and order that <laughs> <laughs> sounds so familiar I, well, 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 what i love about this is the fact that this is going to take place in like that sort of overlooked portion of the storyline because you know we go from return of the jedi and then force awakens is 30 years after that (laughs) so that's a very long time to to just skip over and say oh some stuff happened in there you know but now there's a new first order baddies so so like this is gonna you know if they lean into that if they you know if they play that up this is going to really allow them to sort of flesh out what just happened between you know in, in, in a 30 year gap between, you know, an empire and, you know, just now this new First Order. Right, because remember that, that from what we've been, what we, little we know of the First Order is that they're remnants of the empire that didn't surrender and they just went away. And you do see imperial troops in this. You see, I think you see like a shock trooper or something like that. I forget the name of the of the specific stormtrooper type. They have like red markings on them and stuff like that. They have a flamethrower. And it's like... This could be the beginning or the early stages of the First Order. You know, like this it could be heading in that direction. Yeah, yeah. But, oh my God, these characters, uh, it is, again, we, once we see that for real, we can really go crazy and we can go shot by shot like we did with the other one. But, oh, I, I, but I had to talk about it just to get an impression of how excited I am about this particular thing. And as usual, this sometimes happens, just as we are putting the show to bed... I find another clip floating out there on the internet for The Mandalorian. Now, this clip, again, is another one of these handheld recorded clips that shows you something like five to seven minutes worth of the first episode. So let's just think about this for a minute. What they did, I guess, is that possibly they blacked out the screen only for maybe the sizzle reel. And then later, once the panel was over and they shut the camera off and the people were still sitting there, I'm thinking possibly here, I'm not entirely sure if that's how they did it, that's when they played the little trailer. And that's also when they played this other clip, this other longer clip. Now this clip, man, is this clip something. It's 
how basically I guess the Mandalorian gets hired to do this particular job that the, the series will premiere. The clip involves him talking to the Carl Weathers character about going on a job and it's a dangerous job and it pays much better than these other jobs and so 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 forth and so forth. So you actually get those two characters in a in a very dingy looking, I don't know, bar setting, possibly something like that. And then he goes out to the location, you know, he's walking these streets and you know, it's it's all that that westerny looking kind of setting and he enters a house, uh, a dwelling, and Warner Herzog, that the director actor is there because he's he's an actor in this, and he's there to hire him and he starts to tell him a little bit about the job and you can tell the tension in the air is so thick and an imperialish kind of looking guy comes in and everybody draws their guns because he already has some stormtroopers there kind of like as as his bodyguards and the the, the imperial guy hands him like a, a piece of uh, tech and you know some funds are exchanged and they're talking about it some more and you can tell that uh, the Herzog's character he's probably a real real bastard and you know that whole sequence which then brings him out of there you know everybody calms down and i think he this one ends with him going into a bar what could be a bar which is some of the shots that i think we saw either on the trailer or on the sizzle reel so it's really really super moody super tense super cool uh, not a lot of action but just setting the stage for what's happening and man was that cool this is definitely a different flavor of Star Wars, uh, as far as how this show is going to look, you can kind of tell where they're kind of going with this. And, you know, the action is going to be there, you know, based on the trailer and based on the sizzle reel. We saw the action. We saw some of the special effects. So definitely, as I said before, once we get it all official, we'll go and dive a lot deeper into it. The next thing I want to hit is because we always, there's always some kind of toy thing. And as usual, the less the better for me because I don't want to spend the money and I don't want to go around looking for things and losing my mind and, and having to go to eBay and having to go to here or there. But there were a couple of things that kind of caught my eye. From Hasbro, as usual, they're doing a six-inch Boba Fett. Who cares? There's been a bazillion of them. Well, what they're doing now, and I, I, I knew they were going to do this. Sooner or later, they're going to do this. You know, they did a prototype, which was a small one, the, the white, the old white one. They did a small one. They did three and three quarter. Then they did a big one. They did a six-inch. So little by little, what they're going to start doing, I think, is trying to give the collectors something they want without them having to do too much at their end, which is the, the, the preferred formula, and that is repainting them. So what they're doing is they're going to release a six-inch Boba Fett that is a modern-looking one, you know, from like a black series one, but they're going to paint them with the colors of the original Kenner one. So it physically looks the same, but the colors are off and they lo it looks a little weird. So that's something that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't mind taking a, a closer look at that. And they're also going to release a whole bunch of Darth Vader's. I don't know if it's a small one or, or a large. I think it is a small one. I'm not entirely sure. Which is it's supposed six, to, It's a six inch, I think. Oh, it is a six inch? Okay, so, but it's supposed to be, but it's, it's a, if it is a six inch, it's the shape of the Kenner one. It's a five point of articulation. It's not super articulated. And the joints are different colors because it's supposed to represent the first shots, which is the prototypes. They're basically made with whatever plastic they have laying around just to get different colors to see what it would look like physically, not so much color wise. And there's going to be combinations 
combinations available, which means the collectors are going to lose their mind because you're going to have all these different colors and it's just going to be nuts. That I'm not too crazy about because then you can have, you know, 64,000 combinations and people will just go insane. So I'm more leaning towards the Boba Fett one. That Boba Fett interests me. And the other thing that I saw, which wasn't part of the panel, I think, it was something that was re- revealed later during one of the uh, the stage presentations with Ashley Eckstein, you know, who plays Ahsoka, uh, they brought out effects, a new effects saber that's going to be exclusive to the Disney parks. And it's Ahsoka's lightsabers. Those two small lightsabers light up that you can remove the blade and use them as hilts, or you can attach the blade. But I'm talking about the expensive ones, not the toy ones. And uh, the hilts, they come in a separate case where you open the small case and you have the two hilts in the case. And then you can attach the blades to them if you want. That I didn't see, actually. I, I, I was all over the toy so much, I, I didn't even see I the... think that was on the Saturday presentation. So if you go through that five-hour chunk or six-hour chunks, somewhere in the middle, if you scroll forward to when Ashley Eckstein is on the stage, the Star Wars live stage, not the presentations, but the, you know when they do the little the little shows they do. When they're interviewing her, you watch it because they bring it out. She tries them on, she turns them on, she's posing with them and all that stuff. They didn't mention a price, which I know they're gonna kill me with the price. The last one they did was the Kylo Ren one, I think a year or two ago. So this is actually a brand new one that hasn't been done before, and it's not a repeat of something else. So as far as toys go, that's really what uh, what got my attention. Did, did anything uh, get your attention? Uh, yeah, it, it was nothing that I haven't seen before because I saw these from, I think, a few, like a month ago or so when they had New York Toy Fair. The vintage um, ones? Yeah, well, the the, uh, the Black Series. The, oh, um, the Black Series. The old, yeah, it, they just gave a, a bit more of a better look at them, like the, the Kenobi and Battle Armor, which yes. I'm definitely getting. Is that, <laughs> now, was my... that an exclusive or that's a regular one? That I think is an exclusive. I forget oh. where though. It's, it's it's either a Walmart or or Walgreens or something. Is <laughs> it's gonna or Barnes Noble? It's it's, it's it's an exclusive somewhere. But wherever it is, I'm going to have to be there. To buy yeah. One. Well, if, I, I, I hate if you're it, having but. trouble finding it and you know where it is, let me know because if I see it, I'll send it to you. Oh, great, great. Yeah, and then they have the the sort of bigger black series, the Emperor sitting on on the throne. They, well, with they the different saw. different heads and the lightning also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. He, he's like he's like he's like three different faces you can put on there and they're like a little lightning uh-huh. plastic thing there yeah so those two are probably ones that caught my eye the most i mean they also have like a, a c3po unit which i forget where he's from something kind of like that darker ash colors protocol droid is that the one from the dr afra uh oh yes yes yeah like right. like he's like black his, or gray like a dark yeah, gray dark, or something dark, like that gray. Yeah. yeah yeah you're yeah, right yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's on that's on my maybe list, but yeah. Besides that, everything else I saw was like kind of like, eh, you know, I I could take it or leave it. This is the sabers though. Now that you brought that up though, Ahsoka sabers, I might have to look into. I'm glad that they're actually doing something different because that's that's what I want. I want to see different stuff. I don't want to see another Luke Skywalker. You know, this time we're gonna paint this a little different. No, I want to see. There's still so many Ahsoka. Obviously, they never made her. They never made the Emperor's lightsaber. They never made Gwycon's lightsaber. Ezra, they could make his lightsaber. You know, there, there's there's a lot of stuff out there that they never touched yet that I hope, you know, little by little, they, they work their way up to those. Now, let me switch gears a little bit. The other big panel that I, I listened to was the Galaxy's Edge panel, which, again, uh, come, uh, I forget, uh, a month from now or a month and a half from now, Disneyland will have Galaxy's Edge opening up. And then here in Florida, the end of 
August is when they're going to open here. From what I understand, they're going to open it in stages. So in other words, the main two rides, there's a Millennium Falcon ride and a um, kind of like a cart ride that takes you through different parts of, of, of movie scenes and the Empire and the Death Star and all kinds of things. First, I think they're going to open up the Falcon ride and then a couple months later, they're going to open up the other ride. So they're going to stagger them on purpose. I'm trying to figure out why would they stagger these things? Is it that one is not ready and the other one is ready? The only thing I could imagine is that the staggering might be in order to actually keep people away. Because if you are coming from a different part of the country or another country altogether, and you're told, we're opening up Star Wars, but that second gigantic ride that you want to see won't be ready for another four months, you might say, okay, you know what? Let them open it. I'm going to wait four months. And then when it's open, I'll come to visit. So maybe it's so that they can let the locals have a crack at the first ride without competing with everybody else. So it gives them a little a little lead time to not go completely crazy from the beginning to kind of ease your way into it. Now, even with the locals, easing your way into this is insane. It's a really relative term. It's going to be use. a madhouse because it's just is. It's just going to be a madhouse. But I'm hoping that's the reason they do it. On different days of the convention, and, and a lot of it, again, is all streamable. They also showed you different places where you'll be able to buy merchandise because again remember the whole point of this is to buy things and to sell you things if you happen to have fun along the way that's a bonus but for them it's to make a lot of money you got to make as much money as humanly possible and you know with, without being too cynical about it they have some really really cool stuff coming the first day i think it was all uh like empire or rebellion merchandise and they had so much stuff they were showing then there was one day where they were showing you like artisan stuff stuff that's supposed to look as if it was being manufactured there on the spot like art and things but instead of whatever art whether it's a sculpture or a painting or whatever it is it's Star Wars related. It's stuff you've seen in the movies. I saw a thing where they have, remember those statues that Palpatine has in his office and it's supposed to be the, I guess the Sith Lords or something? Stuff like that. They're, again, when you have the time, you know, not, not only you, Steve, but everybody listening, watch the streams. They're over five hours each you know, each day. So it's going to take you some time. But when you scroll through them, you can skip everything you want. You can, you can skip some of the interviews you don't want to watch. But go to those merchandising of Galaxy's Edge parts because the, the stuff that's going to be offered, it's its just sad how, how, how crazy it is. They also talked about the restaurants, the food that they're going to be selling. Again, everything is Star Wars themed. It's not like you're walking into a toy store, a Disney toy store. You're walking into a Star Wars toy store you know it's everything has to work with the environment they also talked about how some of these rides because they're reincorporating certain characters from the past disney rides so for example yoda apparently has a part in some of these rides and frank oz is going to be doing the voice for him. hondo from clone wars they showed an entire animatronic of him talking to the crowd and, you know, it's 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 just ridiculous. They're using the actual actor that does the voice, Cummings, I think, is the guy who does all the all the Disney characters. Jim Cummings, I think his name is. He who does the uh, the Honda Onaka voice. And they're also getting Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, to come back to, to play that little droid that was part of Star Tours. That droid finds his way, I think, into a restaurant. And he is like the DJ of the restaurant. So they were playing like the kind of music he's going to be playing. And it's going to be Paul Rubens' voice. In the restaurant. 
So yeah, it's nuts. It's just nuts. Yeah, from what I heard, it's supposed to be very interactive as well. Like that. Like from what I hear, is you're supposed to be able to like if if you go on like the movie and Falcon ride and you um and and if you like if you don't do as well uh-huh. or, or rather it's like ranked or something. So if you're lower on the ranking, you know, obviously the people hired, you know, at you know people working at the at the park, they'll sort of like reference that later on. You know, <laughs> it, it, you know, they'll sort of like say that maybe like some snarky remarks or something, or or if you do well, they'll like praise you or something. It's right, supposed to be right, very right. interactive. And you're supposed to be able to kind of like have like this very immersive feel to it. Exactly. And and what the other thing I heard is like when you finish the ride, whether you're successful or you kind of fail on the ride, as you walk out of the Falcon, because the, the ride is inside the Falcon, from what I understand. So as you walk out, they'll say they said like, like the walls of the Falcon are gonna be damaged or pristine. You might see sparks and smoke. Or in, it'll look brand new, like totally clean, depending on how successful you were in your mission. So everything reacts to how your team, you know, because you're going to have a pilot, a navigator, uh, I don't know, somebody operating the guns. So everybody has a role to play. And if the, you guys don't get your act together and, and accomplish your mission, you have consequences later. So this is kind of turning into Westworld. That <laughs> <laughs> brings up two things. First of all, I'm not sure if they announced this. Maybe you heard it or not. How many rides? Because it, it, this ride is going to have four or five people. Ugh. That's going to take a extremely long period of time to get I, through thousands of people no, in the park. I think it's going to be kind of like there's going to be a Falcon where you can see everything. But when you're ready to really do it, you go to another area where they got to have, I imagine, eight or ten you know, rooms where you're doing this thing. Because right. you can't do them one at a time. You can't run them one at a time. With Disney, you have to run seven, eight, nine, ten at a time to cycle people in and out. You know what I mean? Right. The, okay. the other ride, I'm sorry, the other ride is more of a, there's like a cart with eight people in them and a droid. And the cart takes you through inside a building where you're watching all these different things taking place. And it's, it's more of a, I believe it's more of a gentler ride. The Falcon is more like a simulator, I think. But it's it's a more you know physical interactive simulator. The other ride is a little calmer because that's how they usually do it. The big you know the big like if you go to Pandora, you have your crazy ride that you feel like you're gonna throw up and fall out, and then you have the gentler you know senior citizen ride where you're like oh this is nice and easy and and slow and pretty. So I think that's the the kind of model they're going for the crazy ride and the slow ride. Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna be very interesting seeing if you know if you get some random people on your team, you know one of them causes you to screw up. So There's gonna be some choice arguments. It's <laughs> you wait like you wait like three hours in line just to have some guy next to you, you know, screw up your your run. <laughs> you're gonna need four people. That's the problem. You're gonna need four people because my son and I did the uh, the virtual reality ride at Disney Springs. It's not a ride. You're, you're walking around as a stormtrooper, but you're a team of four. So they paired us up with another guy and his son, and it was kind of like. I'm just shooting at this guy. You shoot at that guy. But it's like we had to kind of work together, and that's the whole point. And you know, yeah, theoretically, the fun of it. Yeah, theoretically, you got you got to do it again, and you got to do it again, and you got to do it again until you get it right. You know, that's that's the whole point of it. But the like I said, the other ride is the one that they're waiting for later. I think to to open. You know, that's the secondary one. I think the Falcon is going to be the first one, uh, and the other one, from what I've seen, the different environments you're going to enter. 
that the cart is going to bring you through is all different type of it, it's i think it's like a specific mission that you're on or something like that i i didn't really get too much of it because i think they're 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 trying to tease you more with the falcon ride at this point and yeah of course all over the park there's going to be life-size ships everywhere that you can touch and feel and take pictures with and the other thing they talked about that you mentioned a little bit the interactivity there's a lot of stuff they're going to have you do if you want with your cell phone where you enter certain places and your cell phone will be able to translate what the droids are saying to you and what certain hidden messages on the wall and there's like a and and again i understand this is what they're trying to do they're trying to come up with things for people to do rather than standing in lines waiting for a ride so there's this whole world and I don't know if it's hit anybody else. I think it kind of might have started a little bit with the whole Pokemon thing where people go somewhere. I still don't understand how it works. My kids used to do it. And you, you oh, look, I got a Pokemon. Hey, look, I got a Pokemon. I got this. I got, I'm like, I don't know what you people are doing. And I think it's kind of like that. The, the super interactivity between your cell phone and the environment you're with. I think they're going insane with that. There's so much of that they were talking about that it's all over the park. So yeah, I think that's pretty much, you know, as far as Galaxy's Edge goes. Now, I know you saw some stuff that really, I, I saw some other stuff, but I know it really, really interests you, a, a video game trailer that we were talking about a little earlier. Why don't you tell us about that? Oh, uh, yes. This was sort of EA's big, big reveal where they were, it, we've seen, you know, sort of hints of it, you know, prior to this, that EA mm -hmm. was working on sort of like this, you know, um, sort of story-based uh, video game yeah. following like a, a Jedi. And so... Just to give back kind of like the, the setup of this, the reason why this, I guess this is such a big deal now is the fact that EA had two games actually in production, but they had another one. It was supposed, okay. it was supposed to be this sort of like open world, sort of you know, one of those games where it was sort of reminiscent of the old Star Wars Galaxy, where you're, you're sort of a character, you can make your character, you can kind of like, it was an MMO basically, you can kind of like interact with other players and everything. But they, they, they scrapped it for you know many reasons and they said okay we're just going to focus on just doing this jedi based game and the fan the, the people who were following this were not happy i mean they <laughs> i mean they just love to nail ea to the wall you know oh, any, yeah. anything that oh, comes, yeah. because, because EA, to be honest ea doesn't have the greatest track record you know when it comes to video games for stuff for like licensed products like this so they had the whole controversy over like the microtransactions in Battlefront 2 and that was a big the whole loot box yeah. thing. Yeah. I remember during during one of these panels the guy presenting he's like and there's going to be no microtransactions and people yeah. are like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing that, like if you watch the I I I watched this this actually live and and they uh and it seemed like they were they went out of their way to make sure like they addressed this before it even came oh, up. Yeah. They're you know they, 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 oh, they, yeah. They were talking about the game, and then they you know, they start throwing out all this stuff like there's, there's no there's no microtransactions. Right. Uh, yeah. like, okay, yeah, thank you, because I guess they, they didn't even want that to come up in you know in in sort of if they, if they were going to have like a Q and A or something. But yeah, they have the the trailer for the game, and and it looks really. It definitely is like it's single player, so it's going to be story based. So it, it follows it follows like a Jedi who, directly after Order sixty six happens, he's basically sort of like on the run, and right. so basically he's going to be sort of like you have to sort of play in the fact in the vein in like you're hiding from the powers that be, basically that are hunting you down, and he's hiding his powers. Yeah, exactly. So I'm assuming that they're going to 
play it so the fact that like if you use your powers openly you know in, in you know in like open worlds or something uh-huh. it, it might attract inquisitors because in fact in, in the trailer you see the inquisitor which i thought was really great they brought in the inquisitor from star wars rebels yeah with that she's, she's got that mask yeah that, uh, yeah like i forget the name sort of like a, it looks sort of looks like a sort of like a samurai i guess like a, like a yeah sam- yeah yeah, like yeah, a yeah. samurai you no know, helmet I forgot the title she has, but I think it's like the the, the seventh sister or, or something, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. But I really appreciate the fact that again, they're they're still kind of keeping to that kind of like everything's kind of like sort of connected feel, and it, it looks like it's going to be very story based, just like how the story of Battlefront Two it was its own sort of narrative. This looks like it's going to be its own narrative where it, you know you where you play. You play a role, you play a character, but it's sort of a set story you know, in the canon universe. Mm-hmm. So to me, this looks really bad at my alley. Um, I'm, I'm definitely really, really excited for it. And, and, and like I said, EA doesn't have the best track record with these things where they'll like cancel a game or they won't know or they, the public relations with EA, you know, isn't really <laughs> the best. But, you know, they're a big company, you know, they're sort of have their high hands tied, you know, with Lucasfilm. So, you know, I, I give them credit in the fact that they want to put out one game and do it really well instead of putting out mm-hmm. you know a ton of smaller you know random games is, is just utter crap so well this was a big deal in yeah. other words this panel was they did this differently this time around i don't know if they did it last time but this time everybody who bought a ticket to the convention they were thrown into a raffle like a lottery you would have to enter the lottery to see which panels you wanted to attend and they had this system where some people would randomly get a whole bunch of panels or no panels. So people were like, I was following it online, even though I was having this weekend, Facebook had some major, major problems, but I was still able to follow what was happening where people were like trying to exchange tickets to, for example, this panel, this video game panel in exchange for the Clone War panels, or some people were even selling tickets to pan they were like scalping tickets like this is insane <laughs> and people because no longer you know you're not longer allowed to line up like four or five hours outside and all that kind of stuff which i guess in a way it's good but this was one of the major major panels that you know people were trying to get their hands you know into the tickets yeah because like i said you know now the ea only has one star wars game coming out it, it, it sort of puts well, all the focus on, <laughs> on you know you know you better have something big to reveal here so i think the expectations were sort of high but it looks good i mean they, they have like this this new like I don't, know, I don't know if you saw it it's like it's like this new design of like a trooper he's he's kind of he kind of has like um he sort of has like a force pike or like some sort of lightning pike weapon. Yeah, I think I saw. Yeah, I saw it on the trail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. like this, like this, this full covered mask. It sort of looks like a dark trooper from the EU mixed with like yeah. mixed with those weapons that were in Revenge of the Sith. With those robot, like those the bodyguard of General. The Magma guards. Yeah, 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 exactly. These trailers are incredible. I remember a long time ago when they first started putting these trailers together for video games that they were looking like another movie, and that's what they look like now. You're watching a movie. It's like a whole other film. You wish they could give you two hours of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just incredible how they do these trailers now. But let me talk about, as we start to kind of wrap things up here, let me talk about a few of the things that were a little disappointing. Uh, yes, the, the the whole issue, like I mentioned before, about entering lotteries in terms, you know, in order to enter some of these panels. I understand, you know, I can see the good thing about it because I remember a lot of times when I would go to some of these conventions with my kids, you know, we weren't going to go line up seven hours outside. And Chicago, from what, if you kept up with it, they had snow, they had rain, they had... 
every friggin' weather pattern you can think of over the last four or five days, they've had a little of it every day. Some people couldn't make it because of the snow, apparently. They were like too far away in the middle of a snowstorm. They couldn't make it. So I understand how these lotteries might be beneficial in a way or another if you cannot, you know, if you don't have the time or the luxury to be able to go and stand, you know, in line for all these crazy amount of time. But here's something that was a little disappointing. Right before the uh, convention, maybe a week before or two, a poster had leaked out for this movie. It didn't have the name of the movie, but it had all the art for the movie. And it still hasn't been confirmed whether or not this is a true poster because no poster was released during the convention. Oh, the the right. art for the the art for the teaser, you know, Star Wars and the name of the movie, that's been released. Everybody's seen that, but no official like one sheet poster. You know, sometimes they take their time. During the convention they might give you a teaser and then like San Diego Comic-Con, they'll hit you with the poster. So the question still remains whether that leaked poster was real or not. Because some of the elements looked a little photoshopped and a little weird. And some of them looked like dead on exactly what some of the stuff we saw. So that's still kind of up in the air as to, as to whether or not the poster was, was real. The other thing that I noticed at this time around, there was really no mystery surprise guest, if you think about it. There was no, like, crazy appearance by George Lucas, or John Williams once made a, a an unannounced appearance, and he was conducting an orchestra for, like, a few minutes or something. Even Harrison Ford showed up unannounced. But this time, there was no, like, surprise guest, as far as I can tell. I mean, the closest thing, I think, to that might have been Ian McDermott when he showed up at the end of the Episode Nine trailer. But I think people kind of knew he was coming anyway. I think people had already ordered, like, autographs, you know, from him and that kind of thing. So I don't think there was any, like, shocking surprises. Do you do you think of, you know, was there anything that disappointed you a little bit about it? No, not necessarily in regards to any surprise guests or anything. And I, th- and I think I think that... The Ian McDermott, yeah, he was going to be there because we knew they were selling tickets for his autograph. So I, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think him being on stage was a sort of a surprise. Some people that we haven't seen in a while, like Ahmed Best showed up. So he was signing autograph. He was, you know, he was part of the autograph thing. So that was cool because all of a sudden he kind of got into it again because he was out of it for a long oh, time. He, he, he was facing some like really mental, some, oh, uh, yeah. some heavy mental stuff going on in regards to uh, – the Phantom Menace and like the backlash he got. Well, yeah, he was, he had recently talked about what he went through years ago, which he has kind of come, he's kind of come out of that since then in a positive way, but he was in a really, really dark place at one point. You know, the stardom hasn't, hadn't really kicked in the way he thought it would, you know, similar to a, uh, uh, Jake Lloyd. He also had a terrible time yeah, and after I, I, he did the movies. Yeah. His career just kind of crashed. Yeah, and I, I, his, I don't his... think he's come out of the, uh, like the way Ahmed Best has. No, no, yeah. he he's probably has not. But uh, uh, another thing that was kind of a bit of a downer, and, uh, you know, I, I know they had the, uh, the, the closing ceremonies, and traditionally the closing ceremonies is when you find out when is the next one. But the next celebration will take place in 2020 that's next year which is kind of odd that they're going to go back to back and it's going back to anaheim again so that's a bit of a downer and i really could not imagine them doing that what i was predicting was that they would take a year off and go to europe because they haven't done europe in a while and usually they like to kind of go back and forth give europe you know, throw them a bone, go to London, go to Germany. They haven't gone to Japan in a very long time. Or maybe they want to try, maybe go to France or Italy or something. I don't know, try a new country. But that's what I thought it was going to happen. But instead, it's 
Anaheim. So I'm like, well, why would they do that? And the only thing I can think of, obviously, I want Orlando because that's an hour from where I am. And that's that's where I went three times already. I've been to three celebrations, all of them in Orlando. The last one was only two years ago. So what I'm thinking is the reason they're probably going with Anaheim is because Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is opening this year. So they couldn't go now. because You know, they couldn't do it here now because it's still closed. So by doing Anaheim, they're going to get to be there during the time when it'll be open, you know, in the first part. Technically, it'll be open in both parks, but at least they can hit the first park. So that kind of hints to me that if they're doing Anaheim first, they got to do Orlando second because they got to throw Orlando a bone because of the park. So I'm thinking Anaheim 2020, Orlando 2021, and then they'll go to Europe in 2022. That's my prediction, which I'm probably wrong as usual. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be, I mean, it makes sense on paper, but I don't know, that, that, that would mean it would be three back-to-back celebrations, and it, 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 it would just yeah. seem like such like a marketing, I, I hate to sound so cynical, but it seems like such like a market, it would turn it into more of like, you know, a big advertisement, really. I mean, well, the other thing to keep in mind is that remember that there have been uh, articles lately from Bob Iger that he's announcing his retirement in 2021, I believe, yeah. and that they're officially taking a little bit of a breather from the movies. They're focusing on all this television stuff and the streaming service. So I don't think this is going to turn into a three-year hiatus. I think it's more like a year, maybe year and a half. So all of 2000, it's going to be focused on the television properties. And then once we get to 2021, that's when we'll start hearing about, okay, next movie's coming up. We're starting to work on the next movie. So I think by doing that, you know, yes, they do. Like, again, they have to go to Europe. They have to go, or they have to go to a new city that they've never been before. Chicago was brand new to them. They haven't done Chicago before. But Again, because of the parks, I think there's always going to be a reason to come back to either Anaheim or Orlando. Because, again, remember, it's not about me or you and how much fun we have. It's about the money. It's all about the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, n- n- nothing n- nothing would strike up interest like having, you know, the park <laughs> open and on top of that, you know, a celebration, you know, convention. So that if, if that doesn't draw in, you know, the conga line of wallets. Oh, know? yeah. And remember, like I said, they're staggering these rides. They're staggering them months apart on purpose because then it doesn't turn into a, a premiere. It turns into a year-long event of premiering things. So they capitalize on it, yeah, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So that's what I'm shooting for. And who knows? I honestly don't think I'll be able to go anywhere else because these places are expensive. I mean, and they keep adding extra days to the convention, which means another ticket and another hotel stay, you know, wherever you're going. Yeah, and I, I sort of feel like the five day was a bit of a stretch for me. I, I feel like this really could have, I don't feel the need that they had. I mean, there was, they did it. They filled all the days, but it just feels well, like. But there was no broadcasting or real events on the first day. That Thursday, yeah, even though the yeah. convention opened, there was no major panels. There was no, They weren't broadcasting. There was no streaming. It really, really started on Friday. And usually the last day is also a slow day. And usually the last day is a Sunday. This year, it, a, it became yeah, a Monday. It's a Monday. It's very, very odd. People like, already were going back to work and stuff. And, yeah. And there were even sayings, people going to the 20th anniversary of uh, Phantom Menace panel, there were still seats available. And, you know, people weren't really fighting over it because a lot of people had left already. Yeah. The last day of the con, the last day of the con is, is definitely the slowest. So it just felt... 
it just felt weird. Like they didn't really need to extend it, but hey, you know, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're not losing any money over it. No, no, no. But again, overall, you know, we can't be there. Being there is fun. Don't get me wrong. It's exciting, but it's also exhausting and there are so many things when you get that list of things to do there's the a level things that you end up not being able to do most of those because again the traditionally the lines are insane you know this new lottery system maybe helps with people like myself that just have no chance of getting into a big big gigantic panel without sitting in line for three or four hours but i usually go for the mid-tier panels like i'll go for the toy collecting panels or the behind the scenes panels and you know those those lower ones or some of the writers or the comic book people you know the the ones that are a little easier to get into but you know buying food is expensive usually at a convention also yeah it's exhausting if you can hopefully get a hotel nearby that you can walk to the hotel that's good because depending on what city you're in parking is super super difficult and expensive downtown chicago too i can't oh Oh, i heard and anaheim also those two are very difficult you know parking metropolitan areas orlando is not too bad if as long as you can get a nearby hotel but it's fun it's three days or four days or in this case five days of you're in another planet and that i'll tell you one of the best things that i think i was happy with other than the fact that i was able to do most of this from my computer is that all of the negative and, and nasty stuff that we've been seeing for over the last couple of years and specifically seeing over the last few months that's that even involved this show, you know, that we got wrapped up into it. I have different Star Wars groups that I follow on Facebook, and obviously I no longer followed any of the toxic ones that I talked about. I did not see or hear of anything bad that happened. Hopefully there will be no stories being told later that stuff did happen, but I did not see any, you know, major ridiculousness of people doing or saying or acting up or anything like that. So that that I'm glad with it. At least they were all able to stay. And if you notice, when John Boyega gave his interview on the uh, stage, not at the panel, but on the stage, he talked about how the, you know, the small minority of toxic individuals, this isn't for them. This is for you guys, for the fans that are here to have fun. And it was like, yeah, you tell him, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's always, I had my fingers crossed for, the, for this event to sort of, you know, start the shift back to that, like, united fan base, where, which yeah. honestly, I don't think it's going to, there's still going to be no. people out there who are, who are going to find things to hate and, and rip on Disney for, you know, no matter what, you know, the, they could have announced the cure for cancer and they still would have been, no, you know, yeah. they, still oh, would have, yeah. they still would have been had something to say. But I'm, I'm really hoping this is going to be now a sort of shift now because because I think also because when The Last Jedi came out, it was all that there was. Now with Celebration announcing all these different things, you know, the Mandalorian <laughs> show, you know, we still have some kids stuff coming out. We, you know, Resistance is still a presence. We still have, you know, games, a game coming out now. With all this, and we have in the, in the far distant future, you know, the Benioff and Weiss series, all yeah. this stuff being announced, I think now people are trying to see, okay, if one movie didn't do it for me, I, it's not the end of the world. We still have other you know, uh-huh. things coming out down the road. So I'm hoping later on, you know, this is going to, you know, spur on this shift where, you know, okay, don't focus on, you know, just something you don't like about it. Yeah, okay, Dash Die wasn't a great movie. Believe me, I know. But but there's still other things coming, you know, that that you don't have to get so wrapped up in, you know, negative about everything. Right. Their strategy seems to be give them a lot to pick from. Granted, you're not going to have a 
white nationalist party version of Star Wars. I hate to. I thought that was coming. You know, I really thought that was coming. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all those people waiting for the Fox News version of Star Wars. That is still not going to happen. However, you're still going to get something that will appeal to girls, men, young boys, uh, whether you're African American or Hispanic or Asian. There's gun. That's going to be there, and that's not going to be hidden in the little corners here or there. That's going to be in your face. The main product is always going to be that. This is Disney. Disney is here to make money, and the way you make money is you appeal to everybody. You open up the doors and everybody chips in and, and represents themselves. If you just want one person, you're in the wrong place. I'm sorry. This isn't going to happen here. You know, you're not, it's not going to be, that's not how it's going to be. But like you said, you know, the Mandalorian, super action, you know, alpha male kind of product. Okay. You want that? You got that. You want uh, a more young, uh, young person stuff? You have your Clone Wars. You know, some people love the Ahsoka character and they, you know, for different reasons some people are claiming well this is my version of inclusiveness it's a it's a girl it's like no but this isn't a real girl this is like a, a it's an alien species that happens to be a girl and uh, i love it when people say i i'm open to everything you know wookies and rodians and i'm like yeah but those are not real races do you understand the difference between a fantasy made-up race and an actual person it's like oh oh never mind <laughs> so it's like there's a lot out there for everybody and like and like you said they're not going to be you know they're not going to just do one thing there's going to be so many to pick from hell even the video games you can go in so many different directions but i'm happy that at least the movies they're kind of sticking to their gun they're trying to write a fine line between you know did we make a mistake? Did we go a little too far? Did we stray from the path? We didn't go as far as those people that are screaming at us, angry people. No, we're not going that far. But we also want to satisfy, you know, both camps of, you know, original trilogy people and new people. You know, I'm glad. Like you said, this is the end of the Star Wars saga. They have two more trilogies or two more potential trilogies. One of them is this Ryan Johnson thing that they have not canceled. It's still being talked about. So until they either fire him and tell him it's over, I'm assuming it's happening. And then there's the one from the uh, Game of Thrones people. The, those guys are apparently producing their own set of films. You know, again, they haven't canceled that. It, they're just not, you know, putting it out there. And all those standalone films we were supposed to get, you know, the Obi-Wan and uh, Boba Fett and Yoda or whatever, all these potential films, who knows? Maybe that stuff will come back in some shape or form. And also to the point of the Binyam Weiss series where even the trilogy themselves are going to be, you know, so, sort of spread out for different audiences. Like I, 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 right here, the Binyam Weiss is going to be more, you know, catered more for, you know, more of the adult fans, kind of like the Game of Thrones type of audience. Yeah, where, there you go. Where, yeah, where, where the, the Ryan Johnson one will be more for like, the, I guess, not, not the younger crowd, but more for like, you know, sort of, um, you know, mid 20s or so, you know, that type of more indie type, type film, uh, type films. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and this, this is going to be a ton of content out there. So, you know, I'm excited. You know, the fan base seems to be sort of reacting to it positively as well. It's a very good thing after the last year of, of just constant inner civil war. You know, it's a period <laughs> of civil war. Yeah, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to end. You know, no. if you go to YouTube, I was going to YouTube. I was looking at YouTube and some of those biggest, most popular haters out there, they were there. They were walking the floor, but they were being very quiet. They oh, were not. Course. They were not flaunting their their colors, if you will. They were not representing their show. They were they were kind of in disguise, quietly, you know, 
whispering to their microphone how much they hate everything we'll, we'll, and then hoping nobody heard it while they're walking. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, when, they, when they get back home, we'll see the videos. Oh, again. We'll, we'll, oh we'll they're see the in the warpath. Oh, yeah. I, I let them have it. I told them off. No, you didn't. You scurried <laughs> away like a rat. <laughs> but anyway, listen, Steve, thank you so much for joining me on this conversation because, uh, you know, the, we always have to do these shows when, they, when some big news like this pops up and definitely next time when we do have the full Mandalorian trailer we're going to have to dig into it a little deeper like we did with the other one because there is such juicy, juicy stuff that I, I really want to see it in high quality to really, you know, be able to dissect it like we did the trailer, the episode 9 trailer. It, it looks like it's going to be great. It's such a big budget on that show. It's going to be, it's really going to be, it's, it's, going, to, it's going to earn it $6 per month. Yeah, everything starts in November. November is the, is the next big day for everything. You have all the toys coming out uh, for the next, not only for the next movie, but for The Mandalorian and the video game release that's all in i believe in october or september october then in november you have the streaming service and in december you have the movie so it's going to be a a really crazy end of the year with all these major you know events happening you know star wars related so once again thanks steve and we will see you soon thanks carl thanks everyone all right i hope everybody had a good time going over all of these different things that were covered on our second episode of Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019. We have so much content coming to this Disney Plus service that's right around the corner. We will return to The Mandalorian as soon as some official you know, footage is put out, but we, we had to talk about what little was out there because, boy, does this look like to be a big interesting fantastic looking series now that the movies are going to be slowing down a little bit and once again as usual i want to thank steve for joining me and helping me go through all this not only the clone wars and the mandalorian but the video game portion of it also the galaxy's edge portion of it the toys you know you name it there was enough out there you know if you really wanted to go through it it would take days hence you know you have the ability to uh, uh go to youtube and watch I don't know, something like at least 20 hours worth of video from their uh, from their streaming videos that they were running during the convention. So yeah, if you really, really want to dig deep into all of the events and, and some of the lesser known things that they did there, go to the channel because there's plenty and plenty of stuff there to be able to pick from. So on behalf of everybody here, thanks for listening and we will see you here soon at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. first time is a live-action Star Wars series. It takes place about five years after the return of the Jedi. The series follows a Mandalorian. This new character is a gunfighter, a bounty hunter, a citizen of the underworld on the outer reaches of the galaxy. It starts off with him just hunting down quarries, making his money. This is a character you've never met before in a period of time that you've never seen. There's just an aesthetic to the Mandalorian that is extremely powerful, mysterious. This armor that harkens to medieval knights. He's relatable. We're all kind of covered in our own armor. 
here we are, day three. Start a little bit back and then move into that position. In terms of the directors, I think John chose the team really, really well. Here we go. Obviously gave Bryce, Deborah, Rick, and then Taika. different voices and personalities that each of the filmmakers were bringing to the table and wanted to bring that to the world of Star Wars. Everybody's point of view is sort of involved in the story. This series offers the opportunity to introduce new planets, new races and species, new starships. However, we wanted to feel completely connected and familiar. It's truly an adventure, a Star Wars adventure. It has the heart that Star Wars has always been about. It will feel gritty, it will feel real. But anybody could sit down in their seat and watch and enjoy. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2019. <laughs>